Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor, the Brownie of the Universe, as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 299. There's nothing more boring than a touch of the sniffles with ideas above its station. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? I'm well. I'm well. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. You guys have a good week. <laughs> I'm thinking. Give me a minute. Back all the things. Um, I did a bunch of things this weekend. You were off this week, weren't you? Or was that oh, last week? That was last week. That was last week. But I did a bunch of stuff this weekend. What did you do this weekend? A bunch of stuff. You start. We went and saw uh, the Toxic Avenger, the musical. Helen Hawker Theater here in town, our local community theater. One of our local community theaters put it on my uh, the five-person show. They're each playing probably about 16 characters a piece. Wow, that's pretty impressive. And it was fantastic. It was a very high-paced, hilarious, funny, energetic show. My sister was in it. She played like five different characters. One character who's on stage at the same time, or two characters that are on the same uh, stage at the same time. <laughs> you just have to see it to understand it, but it works. Mm. Watched Luke Cage. I'm in episode six now of Luke Cage, so I'm about halfway done with that. I watched the first episode. Really, really good. And the other thing we did, we started our countdown to Halloween with, uh, we went and saw Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters film today. How was the new one? It's enjoyable. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's, you go into it expecting the first Ghostbusters movies, and it's not. It's, it is a complete reimagining of the story. That being said, as much as I hold the other ones dear to my heart, this one was a lot of fun. The acting in it was was fabulous. It was very funny. And from about two-thirds of the way into it to the end, it almost feels more like the cartoon series. I watched The Revenant. Worst camping trip ever. <laughs> <laughs> that was with uh, Leo and yeah, the bear? The, the how, how was Leo and the bear. Leo and the bear. Bear's not in it very much. <laughs> well, I certainly don't want to see it anymore. <laughs> Boy, they, they, they sure marketed the hell out of that bear, didn't they? <laughs> It was all right. Uh, gorgeously shot. Gorgeous cinematography. Uh, not as many long shots as Birdman, because you know it's the same director. But I think the ambition for the long shots shots were bigger. It's just kind of a boring story, <laughs> is the problem. Very well acted, and it, the bronze was interesting. It's the bronze. It's Melissa Rauch from Big Bang Theory as this bronze medal gymnast that comes back and kind of tries to skate along, and then her teacher dies. And she decides to, well, she gets tricked into teaching another girl how to be, to go to the trials. It's a, not as funny as I thought it would be. It looked like it would be pretty funny. It's very crass. Oh, it's a comedy. Yeah, it's a comedy. <laughs> and then I got to Burke and Hare before it dropped off Netflix on the first. Oh, did you? Yeah. And? It was really enjoyable. We put up our Halloween decorations yesterday, so... All that's up and ready to go. Did you do anything? Um, I took Katrina to the zoo on Saturday. Had some Papa Granddaughter time. I did something fun. Oh, we're, we, uh, we're already a disc and a half in on season three of Next Gen. Mel cannot stop watching, which, wow. is, which is good. She's very happy with that. I made Patrick go two episodes deep into Stranger <laughs> Things this week because we watched episode five. And for those of you that have seen it, episode five ends in kind of a, <gasps> what the... That's and Patrick's like, okay. We're, and I stopped him and I said, okay. So here's the deal. <laughs> I said, you can either boot up episode six now, or I'm going to go home and finish this series and then just act surprised when I'm with you next week. 
because I can't end on that one. So we watched one more, and then it was like, okay, that's that's an I'm an I'm an okay holding off there for another week. I'm still dying to watch the rest of it, but I can I can hold my my my, my tongue until then. Oh man. <laughs> Should we move on to news then? Our first bit of news. No, is... let's not. No. You asked. I just decided oh. <laughs> to give you an answer. Our first bit of news comes from Andy and the folks over at Candy Jar Books about the next line of 2017 books. The first title is officially The Night of the Intelligence, written by Andy Frankham Allen. Quote him, it's the one everything has been building towards for the last two years. So unfortunately we have to wait till 2017 for that. <laughs> uh, if you aren't going to be able to make it to New York Comic Con... You can tweet Amazon with the hashtag AskDoctorWho, and they'll try their best to get as many questions answered for the panel with Peter Capaldi, Pearl Mackey, and Stephen Moffat at Madison Square Gardens on October 7th, so next weekend. Can, 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 we, can we ask a favor from all of you who are now rushing to write your question down and, and send it in? Can we not ask what's your favorite episode, what's your favorite monster, what's your favorite... <laughs> There's enough people going to ask those questions. Don't write in with those. Save, save the people running the con some time. Because they're going to weed all that out anyway. True. Come up with something good. And if you're going you know? to New York Comic Con, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. And we need some, some more roving reporters. Correspondence. Correspondence. Roving correspondence. Correspondence. Because it looks better on a business card <laughs> to say correspondent than reporter. People actually yeah. talk to you when you're a correspondent. <laughs> reporters, they like, new. No. And our last bit of news, Digital Spy recently held a poll of the best TV character of the 21st century, and David Tennant's The Tenth Doctor won. Back up. Of, say, say, of, say this one more time. So, David Tennant's Tenth Doctor has been voted the best TV character of the 21st century in a poll by Digital Spy. Stands to reason. Picked 70 fictional characters for the fans to vote on. David Tennant's The Tenth Doctor took home the prize of best character with a whopping 35,000 votes out of 241,000 total. Who was second? Misha Collins is Castiel from Supernatural with 32,000 votes. And third is Benedict Cumberbatch's Sherlock Holmes with 13,000 votes. Fandom is strong. Fandom is strong. Now, why is it specifically Look, David Tennant's Doctor, though? This I is, don't know. This That's is, I think, question. where maybe I have a problem with this poll. Because is his Doctor the best Doctor of the 21st century? Well, it's a fictional character. The Doctor. Th- that kind of sums it up. I, I don't think we need to See, I think break you, it down, do we? I, I, yes, I think you do. And I think the reason being is because every actor brings a different personality and stamp to the character of the Doctor. Okay. I wouldn't have voted for him, but you know. No, no, I, I, I certainly wouldn't. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. If he was the only choice, yeah, I'd have voted for him. Let's let's put it this way, though. It doesn't surprise me that it was Tennant. It doesn't surprise no, me one bit. Really I mean, if you look at the the Doctor in the new series since they've come back, that has he has been the fan favorite, one and done. No matter what you think of his performance, he has been fan favorite. I, I don't have any problems with his performance. I love David Tennant. His performance is fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate, asking, think, did we really need to identify which I'm doctor. on the record as saying Capaldi is my favorite of the new series doctors. 100%. I think Keith would say uh, Matt Smith. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he's my doctor. I don't think he'd say Matt Smith at all. Buffy what was, was number what, six. What was the category again? This is just favorite character. Just favorite fictional television. Favorite TV character of the 21st century. Okay. So it's not most influential or... 
No, just no, favorite. No, it's just, just favorite. favorite. Yeah, it's favorite. Okay, then yeah, that's fine. <laughs> I retract my grievance. I have no problem. <laughs> I thought I read a lot more into that. That I think you did read a lot I, more I, into that yeah. than, there, than there was. Yeah. Yay, Doctor Who. Yay, Doctor Who. Hey, you know, Doctor Who can take something in anything. I'm always happy. Yeah, exactly. So no feedback this week. No, but you can send us feedback to feedback at travelingthevortex.com or go to travelingthevortex.com and fill out the send us feedback tab. Or you can reach out to us on Facebook at Travel Vortex. That's Twitter, at Travel Vortex. Facebook, it's Traveling the Vortex. Uh, and, Facebook. of course, take take part in the Goodreads Book Club, which the October book of the month is Prisoner of the Daleks by Trevor Baxendale. Ooh. I think won I the poll. So. I'm looking forward to that. That's a David Tennant. That is. That's, Excuse me, that's a up. Tenth Doctor, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the thread is up, so if you've already read it, weigh in. And if not, weigh in as you read the book. I'm looking forward to Let's move on to reviews. Where do we want to start? 100? Uh, how did we do it last week? We did the audio first. Let's let's remain that way. Let's do the audio first. All and right. we go chronologically? We did, didn't we? We did. We did. We yes. Did. We did. 100 BC. The Doctor and Evelyn arrive in Rome, 101 BC, approximately October. They met a young lady. They meet a young lady of 19, Aurelia. She mentions her husband, Julius Caesar. Evelyn is excited, but her excitement soon turns to confusion. Surely you can't heal a wound in time with just a bit of sticking plaster? Everybody knows what sticking plaster is, right? For us American listeners. I'm assuming it's a band-aid. It is a band-aid. <laughs> or bandage. A bandage. Adhesive bandage. I suppose we should back up a step so and, and let everybody know. 100 <laughs> is a selection of four short, half-hour-long yeah, stories. it's an anthology piece that they did for the 100th episode or 100th release, release of uh, Big Finish Mainline Doctor Who audios. So we have synopses for all three, which all I four think is, is is clever that is they really and then they they called the first story 100 BC. So this okay. was an enjoyable story. It was it was a bit different. I like this one as well um, because it was different because it was I I I like the approach. I like that we hey we've done 100 episodes. Uh, I don't think of of any doctor. The Doctor and Evelyn is the right one to do this with, especially since they did this kind of with Doctor Who and the Pirates. Um, they've always kind of tried to think outside the box and do something a little bit different. With Not always, but every once in a while they do that. And it seems to work with the Sixth Doctor and Evelyn very well. It seems very organic. That being said, I do think that this is kind of a farce. I think that they, they play it as a farce. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's a little hard to really kind of um, fit it into any sort of canon that you want to consider the big finish line and I think the reason being is because I think uh, Evelyn is a little out of character here in fact I think her um, determination to try to change the timeline to me seems a little out of character for Evelyn and so I didn't quite where like where they were going with the character with that on the other hand her actions work for what this story is and makes it in- enjoyable and and fun it's a fun story it's a, it, yeah. it, we attribute fun romps this is the uh definition of a fun romp to me but what i really liked was the fact that it didn't actually change anything that, yeah. that he went <laughs> with the wrong direction in time that part I, I i was kind of on the fence on it until that part and then i was like oh all right that's just that's clever yeah so you don't think I, I clever fun. I didn't think of that in the fact that BC counted down backwards, right? So, although the, one of the pro- issues I had, and I have to look at this in the because it's a farce and because of the type of story it is, 
I think the doctor should have been given more credit as as, as a writer. The doctor's going to know that. That's going to yeah, be something inherent true. that the doctor should know about when he's putting the uh, TARDIS in. Uh, what's the fast return? Yeah, yeah. I am going to say this. I did not like it. I liked the concept. I liked the rest of the stories. <laughs> I liked the whole. Yeah. I wanted to be excited about this one, and it kicked everything off, and we're running around and doing the Roman thing and the aphrodisiac, and there were some funny moments with Evelyn completely ruining the doctor's uh, dinner and, <laughs> and and with her dinner conversation, et cetera, et cetera. I, I didn't like the story. I didn't like the fact that nothing happened. I, didn't li- I, I felt betrayed, actually, by that point, that we get down to the end of it, and not only did nothing happen, but your your involvement wasn't necessary. It just kind of felt like the final pull of the thread on the sweater and the whole thing went poof, and was like then why all the running about why did we bother why did why why, why? and, and I, I agree with you. i think evelyn sounded particularly out of place here if you're going to raise the question of and, and that's kind of the, the the big thrust of the story is would the world be a better place if it had been julius caesar in charge if it had been, been uh, uh not a patriarchal society is that the word mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. um and, 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 and things had run differently. Cool. Let's explore that idea then. Go the other direction. Now, obviously, within the format, because it's a half-hour story as part of the I think that's why I can accept you it. can't. I think that's why yeah. I can accept it. Had this not been... Had this been a full-length audio, I would have all of the same problems yeah, you have with it. Yeah, I would have too. This being what it is as an anthology piece in a special event story for the 100th episode... I, I was able to wipe all of that aside and say, you know what, for this 30 minutes, I'm okay with this. See, and I just, I, I wish that once once you boil it down to that fundamental problem, that, well, we can't explore that aspect of the story, so just go do nothing. No, go commission a different story. Save the 100 BC for an actual main range and, and give me something I can sink my teeth into and give me another fun farce for this. I'm fine with that. I'll go the other direction with that, though. I think that this is the place where you put that. And if this story is submitted to me as a uh, series runner, I would look at this and go, this doesn't fit. This doesn't fit anywhere. But I have a spot for it. And this is the spot that I would put it. I would go, okay, we've got an anthology piece. Let's break this down to 30 minutes. Let's have some fun with it. Let's make this a unique, special thing. I think that's the opposite of what you're saying, but yeah. I am. I, and as I listened to the, you know, I, I got done with this one and went, meh, okay. Listened to the rest of them and was a little more excited. Then I went back and did a little research and found out who wrote 100 BC, and I went, oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> because it's Jacqueline Rayner. Yeah. And I've yeah. pretty much not liked anything she put out. So I, I just kind of had to chalk it up to we're oil and vinegar. Yeah. It's, it's very just, much in the style. Water, it? It's very much in Rayner's style, I think. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Rainer, it felt very Shadows Earth of World. Stone Rose. She wrote Stone Rose. Yeah. Doctor Who uh, and the Pirates. Doctor Who and the Pirates. Okay, so, I liked that one. Mary, yeah. The Marian well, Conspiracy. She, she can, she yeah. can well, okay, sort of. Two that I like. Well, that's just it. She can sort. She can write Doctor Who, and she can not write Doctor Who. And sometimes <laughs> she like gets Mark it right. Davis. Sometimes she doesn't get it right. But, but in the, well, or Paul Cornell, in my opinion. But in <gasps> yeah, in the but in the in the in the vein of this, I think it works for what it is. So I, I see I see all your issues with it. I agree. Had this been a two hour piece, yeah, this would not have worked for me. I would have been tearing this thing apart. 
but for the 30 minutes maybe for a special edition. But maybe it would have been edition, better as they a completely they would, have, they would have to have actually explored that right. woman in the role and had been in an alternate Well, yeah, you know, no, I agree with you. If, if we'd gotten I, two hours of this running around and then had nothing yeah, happen exactly. at the end. Yes, I that's, agree with that's you. That's why this works as 30 minutes. Had we, had we, this wouldn't have worked in the way that it's written. The, yeah, okay, as I get you piece. now. Yeah. yeah, But I just, the, I don't know. The, the concepts and ideas could have been explored differently, but then it wouldn't be, it would be shadows of this story. It wouldn't be yeah. what this story is. It, so it would be what Evelyn wanted it to do, which... While is interesting, for the time period is also unheard of. There's no way Julius Caesar would have ever been able to achieve what Julius yeah, the, Caesar, I mean, Caesar did the, too. Just, so just the inherent do, problems. They with would have that. had to do more things to because the Senate probably would have killed her and said, "No, we're not doing." The that. world would have been very different. It would have been interesting to see what that effect would have been, but it wouldn't have been what Evelyn wanted to achieve. Yeah. Sorry, I'll get off my soapbox. No, no, no. no, I, no you're, you're you, you have very valid points, Sean. Don't yes. get me wrong. I just, Those I things really, just didn't bother us. I really wanted to like it. I just didn't. Well, we're going to be on that flip side on this next one. My own private Wolfgang. Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, born in 1756. A veritable wonder, wunderkind playing music for the crowned heads of Europe as an infant, composing by the time he was five years old. But it's tempting to wonder whether his amazing longevity has over has overshadowed his creative genius. Would Mozart's music be better respected, maybe, if he died as a young man? Would he be a legend of music rather than a scientific curiosity if he'd never lived to compose the film score for the remake of The Italian Job? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I kind of wish I had read this description going into the story because I was so confused at the beginning. <laughs> I would have been better prepared for it had I read a synopsis for Wait. it. They, they, they were talking about his hip-hop music? And what? It, it took was... me about halfway through the story to realize, oh, oh yeah. that's what's going on here. It's an alternate timeline. I had the exact same thing when they're going, oh, well, you know, as long-lived as he is. And I went, what? And the, the, the and Italian I'll, job, what? I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know the best of the history of Mozart. I I, I didn't think he had been long lived. Haven't you seen Amadeus? You haven't seen Amadeus? <laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen it. <laughs> um, I liked this one. I had the same problem. It took me till about the halfway point to finally latch on to Once exactly what was going up, on. Like, oh, okay. That's where you're going. And then I was like, okay. And then the idea that, yeah, they just nipped back in time, got some DNA. I, I thought to myself, this is a weird, nutty idea, and totally fitting with Doctor Who. Again, farcical, very, you know, yeah, right. But it it worked, and it really worked for me. And then we got to the end, and I thought, it's almost kind of the same thing. It's almost like, well, nothing happened, except in this case we're actually fixing, fixing the, time. the timeline, even though we didn't know we needed to fix the timeline. <laughs> but that worked for me. I was like, yeah, okay, <laughs> this is kind of the reverse of what we did in 100. It has an ending. Okay, yeah, I like this one. It wasn't outstanding, but I, I, I it was, enjoyed it. It was, it was fun. It was just fun. More than anything else. See, and I, I, to me, this one was over the top. This was too much farce for me. I, I felt that this one was playing a little flippant and silly with Doctor Who. I thought this one... The only reason I, I, did, I wouldn't poo-poo this story, because it is a farce, and I do recognize that. And for the same reasons that I say 100 BC works because of the capsule that it's presented in... This works because of the capsules presented in, but it was my least favorite because I sort of felt like Rob Sherman was going a little bit... I thought he was kind of pushing the envelope of, of being farcical, of being funny. Um, 
immediately when it's revealed that it's Mozart's 100th birthday, I was already prepared to realize that this is an alternate timeline. This is something that happened differently. We're also clued into that because this supposedly happens before 100 BC, because in 100 yeah. BC, <laughs> it is mentioned reference. that that has already happened, that, that has, those events have already happened to the doctor and uh, Evelyn. She says, remember uh, that mess with Mozart, and she talks about fixing that timeline before so oh, which i, I thought didn't, was i didn't yeah, which that. i yeah. thought was interesting that they didn't flip-flop these when they played them but I, this I, one I played like out the fact second. that it was second um but i i, I kind of felt it was like so much more farcical they didn't feel like they could that, lead with it i think that's what it is and i think that uh because they felt that they were pushing the envelope just a little too far for me i didn't enjoy this one as much um the self the, not the self-replicating but the the, the cloning thing I thought was a unique concept, but again, I think was a little too jovial and flippant with the idea that they became fashionable among the elite and then fell out of fashion, and you've got one that wants to go back and change things, and, and it, it, to me, that was just a little bit, it was like a, a, a soup of a story where there was just far too much stuff going on for 30 minutes. That's, it just didn't come across to me as that, that good. See, and I think that this this is one that I don't think you could have sustained over no, over a not. two hour. I agree with you, and I give it credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, any I, any I, more I, than thirty minutes of this, and I'd gone. This is a holy. This is terrible. I, I think it. I think <laughs> it's it a hit, holy terror. It hit just the right amount of absurdity when Mozart's on his deathbed, <laughs> and the doctor shows up with Mozart. <laughs> don't believe this guy. And then Evelyn shows up with Mozart, and he's Don't like, this, this guy? guy? No, 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 that's a different one. She changed my mind. It's the next guy you got to worry about. And then that Mozart shows up, and Mozart's like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I think the other thing that puts me off a little bit is that this doctor and Evelyn already live in a world where Mozart is turned into pop funk and these different phases it's, it's, of his I think it's supposed to set life. you off. And, and I, don't, I don't like that because you, I, I think maybe in my headcanon, the Doctor lives somewhat in a similar world to the events that we know of. And while I think it's clever to say this in the Doctor Who universe has, has happened differently than it has in our universe, and he goes back and sets it straight to be... See, that's one of the things I did like about in, it. In, in, in line with our universe, to me, that are, you've already started off going, okay, we're going way over the top here, and then railing it back. It, so it may make like a difference out, if this was an earlier version of the Doctor running through these events, because essentially what you have now established is that throughout the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth Doctor's time, Mozart's yeah. 100 years old. That's just an established fact. And has done hip-hop. And he's done hip hop, <laughs> and none of them have questioned this <laughs> right. until now. Because, well, now's when we wrote yeah, the story. It, it probably would have worked better with, a, like, maybe the third Doctor or somebody younger. And it's probably good that uh, Rob Sherman wrote this because he is so steeped in Doctor Who yeah. legend that he was familiar enough with the fact that, hey, you know what? They've never tackled Mozart, so I can say these kind of things and not contradict anything that's come before. That's a good point. Yeah. I enjoyed it. It was fun. I did too. I, I also coming from it from the standpoint that I'm not the biggest fan of Amadeus, the movie. The movie. I, I I I appreciate it for what it is. I understand the Oscar nods and everything. It's okay. It it, it really is a beautiful look at Mozart's life. It's just not one I really am going to go back and revisit. I've seen it. I can move on. 
But having seen it, and having seen it relatively recently, within the last five years or so for class, this coming on the heels of it brought a lot of that back. In fact, I suspected that the butler was uh, uh, scary, scary. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm probably mispronouncing it, but I, I suspected that was the butler at Scarioni. one point. Scarioni? Whoever the alternate guy was. Yeah, the, the, who you're talking about. The other composer who's... F.A. Murphy's character. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who kills Scarleone. Mozart. Scarleone. Scarleone. No, that doesn't sound right either. That doesn't sound right either. At any rate, I suspected that was him, and, you know, then was kind of led on the merry chase of, no, it's actually Mozart. <laughs> so I think that maybe that's another thing that kind of built in the story's favor for me, is that I, I didn't see it coming Yeah, I didn't see it coming so. either. I, I, I didn't go it. to thinking it was that other guy, but I just, oh, it's some butler. Shall we move on? Bedtime story. Salieri. <laughs> Salieri, thank you. Salieri. Scalieri is from Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not going there this week. <laughs> Scorby! <laughs> Bedtime story. Once upon a time, Jacob Williams is going to tell this tale of Sleeping Beauty, but he realizes he has told that one too many times, so instead he tells of how he once met this man called the Doctor. It's a tale of love and death and a family with a terrifying secret. I don't have a big enough dun 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 to get this story. We're on the same page on this one. Oh my Quite god! Even even the horrific ending. Oh, was, that's was, what made it work. Yeah, well, yeah. that's just it. Was right in line with, with the style of storytelling we were to, we were doing here. This was it was exactly the right way to end this story, especially since you're setting up as bedtime story. It just it's it has that element of oh this may not end and and, well. and and maybe it it works so well coming off of my own private wolf gang which is such a farce yeah it's, it's this extreme. one is not yeah. it is totally right. different from start to finish and you kind of think you're you're getting going back to my own private wolf gang i really liked how it ended too the fact that it ended mid-sentence yeah <laughs> oh yeah that, that, was, that one was so it? perfect yeah. for it okay. I, th- I thought it was the next one no you're right it's... going back people don't like it when things end <laughs> um, but just the fact that it, 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 it's so tonally different because they, they kind of set you up with the, 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 the grandmother being droning on about stories and people falling asleep and everything you kind of have these little elements of and it's like no it's just family stuff you know yeah. Oh, yeah. and then this other dark level kicks in and it's Brain. so in line with Doctor Who and the Pirates where she goes to visit a, uh, I didn't suspect that it wasn't yeah. Evelyn the entire time. Yeah, absolutely. And then I felt stupid when the doctor was lying. Yeah, well, the, the Evelyn wouldn't do this. Evelyn, I went, oh yeah. yeah she would. She would have been more interested. <laughs> don't, in don't, the don't you feel genealogy? You kind of feel like duped. You're like, why didn't I spot that? Why didn't I figure that out? I blame Jacqueline Rayner because Evelyn was out of sorts in the first story, and I wasn't looking for it at that point. <laughs> Oh, this was so good. And I, I just, I mean, you could, you, could, you could knock it. You could go, well, the whole thing is just, you know, a tale of love gone wrong. You could, you know, the, the, her revenge plot is kind of corny. You could, no, none of that matter. When, when you find out the doctor put all the sleeping people in the TARDIS and just carted them around for 100 years. For 100 years, years yeah. including Evelyn. Oh, yeah. my heart broke a little <laughs> I bit. I did, too. I thought, but, but you know, just showed them the wonders of of things and ticked off another hundred years of his life. On the other hand, 
A hundred years is really a blink of an eye for a time lord. True. So sure. it's 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 a it's a it's a two week vacation for them. And it know? gives some so. great depth to the sixth doctor even more. The fact that it gives him a little bit he is older than we think he is. Well and it just it makes me cherish so much the sixth doctor and evil in particular. I they have such a wonderful companion doctor relationship that I want more of it. I want oh, as yeah. much of it as I can get. And so anytime you give me an inkling that, oh yeah, we had ten other adventures between that audio and this one, I'm happy. It's yeah. just like good. I'm 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 very happy with that. And the idea that Evelyn got a hundred years of wonder that she wasn't solving mysteries, she wasn't battling evil, she wasn't getting taken over by the Daleks and getting her shoes stuck in mud and dealing with medieval <laughs> blah blah blah. Right. Yes. I I that made me insanely happy. Yeah that that was in there. And normally with the big finish stuff, I tend to try and do something else while just either something to kind of keep my hands busy or, you know, not anything heavy. Like I don't right. read and listen to them, but, uh, you know, something, something that like would distract your attention, puzzle well. putting together or, or Tetris playing something, yeah. something to keep your mind from wandering, Legacy, while listening. you know, something to, to do that. This one was all just, I had my knees or my hands up on the thing and just staring at the speaker <laughs> waiting for what's going to happen next. Oh, hook, line and sinker fell for this one yeah so good i'm sorry i'm monopolizing no it's, somebody no, else. there's no, nothing no, else it's... better i could say about <laughs> yeah, it you're hitting on everything that i felt as well about it this and i love the so fact good. that it also had the dark ending of he didn't actually win he yeah that's the that's the icing on the cake really more than anything else well and it's such an insidious <laughs> evil i mean well you guys know how i feel about sleeping beauty and why i hate maleficent because the idea <laughs> that I'm going to put her to sleep, and you're going to stay locked up for 100 years, and then I'm going to let you go. The, the idea of that is just so terrible. And the fact that she's putting these people to sleep for 100 years, but they're they're not asleep. They're, they're, aware. they're aware. In yeah. their coffins the entire time. Yeah. It's not even like they're laying in a bed. They know they've gotten buried alive. Yeah, exactly. and, and so I can only imagine that 100 years later, they wake up. In and the then, coffin, yeah. and then die. They suffocate and yeah, die, claw, trying to climb their claw their way out of it. Oh my God! This is an insidious, evil thing. And another story it's, that wouldn't have sustained two hours. Yeah, yeah, no. It's very much a a in the vein of a Ray Bradbury story, or yeah. even some of Stephen yeah. King's short stories. Yeah. It's very much in the vein of that style of writing, and I think that's why I like it so much. Is it comes across with that that you nearly get the hopeful ending. And then you take them, you take the reader or the listener into a different direction, and I like that. I like that quick mood change just before you finish a story. It's, yeah. it, it, sometimes it's a nice touch, especially if you've we if you've weaved a very good story up to that point. Yeah, I would agree. Um, interesting, considering um, Joseph Lidster, uh, who, who wrote it, um, started off with the Rapture, which I remember. I don't think any of us were very enamored with. He went on to better things. He wrote Master, and uh, we rewrote, uh, re- or reviewed Terra Firma. Uh, yeah. And he's done some, obviously, uh, some TV shows. I think we all yeah. quite Sarah enjoyed Jane Master. So. Yeah, we did like Master. But, um... Hmm. All right, let's move on. The 100 Days of the Doctor. Someone has assassinated the Doctor, and he only has 100 days to find out who did it. Dun-dun-dun! This is the best way to do a clip show in audio. And it's not even a clip show in the sense of a clip show where you're just showing clips. Because you don't even hear the clips of the, the events that you're at. And, or the actor, the characters get to go back and see events happening uh, that have happened, transpired in the past, or in some cases, the future. 
And by stepping through all of Big Finish's catalog of Doctor Who up until this point was brilliant because not only do you go back and see the fifth Doctor, Perry and Araman, you go forward and see the seventh Doctor, Ace and Hex, which is brilliant because the way that it's it's expounded upon is they're trying to find out at what point an assassin has injected the doctor with the virus that's going to kill him in 100 days and we have all of this big finish that's happening it's 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 not just the sixth doctor and evil in stories that we're nodding back to it's everything that has come before yeah. one episode 100 and by using the vehicle of the sixth doctor and evil and to look back on not only as i mentioned the fifth doctor the seventh doctor but the eighth doctor Cariz, uh charlie the eighth doctor and uh, Lucy, because we get two versions of the, which is clever. We get two versions of the yeah. Eighth Doctor: one who's traveling with Lucy, the other who's traveling with Charlie and Cariz. And then to do the clever sidestepping <laughs> into the Unbound <laughs> yeah, universe, seeing that... a Doctor that's not even in that Doctor's timeline per se, and getting uh, in, uh, talking about uh, Bernie, and get, or no, well, and then later and talking, then about, talking about, about Braxtel Bernie. and yeah. Bernie. And I don't know if you guys know this because we haven't done any Bernie yet, but Braxtel. Here's a little spoiler. Oh, we did uh, Human Nature. She was in... She was in it, but Braxtel is the brother's... is the Doctor's brother. And he was actually introduced in The Virgin New Adventures and carried on through uh, the Doctor Who Big Finish range. So, oh, uh, I Bernie, know that. Bernie S- I Summerfield. Uh, I think he is in Braxtel. one story that we had reviewed now and we weren't quite clear on who the... Oh, wait, no, we did do... Because we did... The two Seventh Doctor stories that we did had Bernie. We did a, a companion archive with yeah, Bernie. Those were the side steps, but none of those had Braxtel. That's what I'm focusing <laughs> no, on. They weren't, well, they weren't, they, yeah, but no, but they weren't side steps. They were those were side steps technically because yeah. they those were part were of the main steps. range. But yeah, they, they were main range, but they were they're they're considered side steps within the con- okay you know, yeah, right, within right. the continuity. He was in Zagreus. Zagreus. That's, where we that's know what him it from. was. Yeah, okay. and and he yeah and and. Uh, uh, he is mentioned in Zagreus, and we we had a conversation. That's why about, the name was familiar. Yeah, we yeah, had a conversation about how we we weren't quite sure who this Braxtel was. Uh, he's but, also in a main character for Gallifrey. Yes, the series. He's in okay. he's in more big finish as we'll go along and explore more big finish, but uh, not not much in the big range or the big finish main range, with the exception of Zagreus. That's right. Okay. I knew he was a story. I couldn't remember what it was. Anyway, he's supposedly the Doctor's brother. <laughs> That's all I'll say. <laughs> uh, but anyway, to get that, and then nods to unit, Gallifrey, things that yeah. had been uh, coming out at the time before this as well, I thought was a, a brilliant way to do this and step through. And then I thought the, the resolution I thought was brilliant. I thought uh, the fact that they do track down on the 100th day, <laughs> talk <laughs> about cutting it close, yeah. uh, tracking down the assassin and, and uh, being able to thwart the uh, assassination attempt was clever. Oh, and, and all the especially the the uh, uh, sorry Keith the uh, the way he does it by breaking oh, the, the vial the, the and evil and evil and thinking he's he's at his death he this is totally not the like the doctor he would never do something like this and I love how the doctor says um, I would hope that you would understand that because he didn't <laughs> like that. Oh, and I also liked about the story all the meta. 
stuff in it of talking about the viewers and the audience. Yes. And that, well, no, it's the Time Lords watching through the space. I wonder when, as soon as he said that, I was like, I wonder how they're going to get out of this. We broke the fourth wall in audio. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Nope. <laughs> no, they're just talking well, about nice reference to the chase, And too. what a wonderful moment when he says, you know, at one time I felt my time in this incarnation would be so brief. Oh, yeah. And he's talking about his short term All of the meta stuff, yeah. talking well, about he, all he, of that When they're looking at the fifth doctor, and he's like, oh, everybody loved him, everybody was great. What are, it was a you, holiday you, being him. You, 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 sound, you sound a little jealous. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like sad. I was like, oh, this is... A, does anybody else, Did anybody else gear up for when they, when they finally revealed that it was the fifth doctor? I was like, okay, here comes Peter Davidson. I, nope. <laughs> like... I was a little you disappointed when he gets some actually, audio from him. I, yeah. thought, I thought we would have had so I, as soon as they set that up that that's what they were doing. I was like, oh okay, and then not what we just got. Actually, sort of glad they didn't. I am after, too. After the way it played yeah, out, I'm, it I'm glad it didn't it do that because it, then it would have become. And Evelyn eh. are just observers. Yeah. yeah. I, the, and I like that they don't nail down what adventures they were. Right, either. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I like that as well. Yeah, I didn't want to have a specific, oh, that's where this right. is slotted in. That's why I say just... it's it's like doing a clip show without doing clips of a clip show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also got the same kind of warm fuzzies when Evelyn, talk, on, the, on the last day, talks about, oh, remember when we went here and learned how to fly kites and did all this kind of stuff? And the doctor says, yeah, it was one of my favorite days. And I just, I got warm fuzzies again. Because it's yeah. like, oh, <laughs> I like these stories. <laughs> And not a day that we're familiar with. Another clip for the doctor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just 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 a nice little thing. I thought it was a wonderful way to end it. I, it just it, it was a fun story, and it, you know, I was I was getting concerned as time started. And then there was that weird, like, oh, we were day sixty-seven. Oh, how many days are left? I'm not kidding. Yes, you are sixteen. Oh wow! <laughs> what? <laughs> I started to get concerned because it's like you're you're kind of cutting. The, now obviously it's going to go all the way down. The clock's got to go all the way down to oh oh one before you pull the red cord you know of course i know this but uh. <laughs> good news i can put another tick in the uh stories by paul cornell that i like <laughs> oh did he write this one <laughs> he wrote, he wrote this one so that that, t- that, that column that, co- that column is outweighing the ones that i don't like what, what a good person to write this type yeah, of story so, so steeped in the big finish stuff yeah absolutely and i think that that he was the perfect choice for that knowing as much as he knows about big finish so. and you kind of tipped me off that it was going to be a clip show, so I didn't. I kind of knew going in that oh, we're probably going to visit. I did not expect to visit as much as we did with yeah. Bernie and with uh, Benny. 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 I keep calling Benny. him Bernie, but it's Benny. Yeah. Bernice. Bernice. And the Unbound Adventures and all of that. The Unbound especially surprised me. Yeah, just. I guess partially because I didn't realize that it had come out so early in the run of Big Finish. Right, right. Since we're approaching well, these I, so I think backwards. only the first Unbound series had come out by this time. So. I also uh, very much enjoyed the um, <laughs> when Evelyn asked, "Why have we not seen any from your first four? <laughs> <laughs> and I waited for him. I waited for him to say copyright law. You know, just throw something out there. And instead, it's like ah, just random chance of war. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> At least they referenced it. I'm good yeah. with that. <laughs> Just, just, I, yeah, we, it just, as much it, as I didn't like last week, it was week's the icing on the cake for a anthology series. Oh yeah, it really absolutely. Was. And I look forward to more anthology series because I know they've done other ones with the Sixth Doctor, and if they're all done in this this style, I think uh, I will enjoy I'm them. I'm not gonna lie; I almost wonder if this isn't a better format in some regards. That's a good point. Because there there are several of them that we've reviewed that we kind of felt like it didn't need to be 
as long as and it is was. Is this the first anthology of... they've done? Do you guys know? It's the first one we reviewed. Well, I know it's the first one we reviewed, in, in, but in I know audio, we jump yes. Too. Now, Big Finish has done. I, I think I, I, I suppose going into this, Sirens of Time could fall. Into going that, into but, this, yeah, I knew time. that this was going to be in good hands, and the reason being is because Big Finish has released all of those short trip books that they have done, where they've contracted writers and they've put uh, anthology pieces together in book form, because those were all published by. Big Finish and BBC Books, and so I didn't know Big Finish had anything to do with those. They have been in charge of those, so I knew it was in good hands that they were going to be able to formulate an anthology series. It's the second audio anthology they've done. First one was Circular Time. I'm trying to pull up who's in that. Uh, That's uh, Fifth Doctor and Nissa, uh, release number ninety-one. Oh, we just haven't got to it. We haven't got to it. So, written by Paul Cornell, yeah, and Mike Maddox. So there you go. I look forward to that one now. Yeah, I just as, as, as disappointed <laughs> as I was last week with the big finish audio. Flip that around. That's how excited I am this week for this one. I I would agree. Really, and wow! If if you did nothing but bought one hundred and went and listened to bedtime story and called it good, you got whatever you paid for it out of it <laughs> because it was worth. that good. I would agree. You might not get as much out of it listening to 100 Days of the Doctor if you hadn't heard any of the big finish prior to yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. That's, this <laughs> is, that is the one thing that kind of pigeonholes that story in is I think it's much more appreciated when you have enough early big finish under your belt. And I think we, at the, luckily at this point we had enough big finish under well, your belt. It's, it's, it's not quite fan wank, but it's, it's there. There's just service. fan service. Yeah, you're, you're going to have to. It's not it's, winking at the fans. It's not quite fan service, but it's, it's there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, shall we move on to the comics? Let's. We don't have synopses for those. We pick a, up where we you don't up. have to say every week that we have a comic. We don't have a synopsis. Just for remind it. Them people the, will always know that they don't have a synopsis for the comics. So, what are we reviewing? We're starting with issue six. No, this would be a good time. For oh, the, the tenth Doctor, issue six <laughs> of year two. This All is right. issues 6 through 10 we're going to do, right? Yes. Okay. I want to make sure I read the right ones. <laughs> <laughs> so the good news is we pick up right where we left off, which was kind of a concern last week. <laughs> we yeah, didn't know indeed. where we were going. Indeed. Which in really ties in a lot to more than I expected it to. It does a lot. Um, I don't know. I, I, I feel a little let down overall. The, the, it's the first three stories that really kind of tie up the business that we began with, um, dealing yeah. with, uh, uh, you know... All the way back to issue three. Uh, yeah, that we, we've got all of these companions that have been brought together, and we did get more of our, our group uh, with, uh, I can't remember the their names. The Bounty Hunters. The Bounty Hunter and the, yeah. the, the Mercenaries, and uh, uh, Jack and, and, and everything. Which... I'm sorry, but Jack just feels shoehorned in. It did. A he lot of it felt shoehorned in. Jack's especially seemed unnecessary. Yeah. Other than, oh, that's somebody who will immediately recognize the Doctor, even though Cindy should too. Yeah. It's. Eh. It, it felt unnecessary. It felt um, stunt casting, if you will. And it almost felt like they were trying to set up, especially with the way the issue ends, set up uh, whatever they're going to do with Torchwood. I guess that, is that maybe that was the whole purpose six, of it, or is that seven? That was seven. Wasn't seven it? was the last of, of that business. Yeah, 
I sort of suspected that that was the reason for bringing Jack in to this line was because it was kind of a precede into, hey, guess what? We got Torchwood as well. Yeah. Not necessarily that they're going to tie into Torchwood, the way they but more of a, with... a promo type thing. Yeah, well, just the way it ends with him almost teaming up with what's his face and what's her face from the last year. That's how much of an impact they've left Eric on me. Eric and uh, yeah. uh, uh, Chloe. Chloe. Chloe, yeah. It, leaving them kind of like, okay, well, you can start, and here's a base for you. So here's your new Torchwood, is the way it just kind of seemed like it was all set up for that moment where Which I'd have been they established with. new Torchwood. I'd, I'd have been fine with that. It would have felt like a really cool capstone to the story if it had been a Jack, Cleo, and Eric story. If yeah. there had been a reason for them to be there. But unfortunately, the only reason for them to be there was to set up new Torchwood. And, if that or, is the or, case. Or if, and if that's not the case, that's well, going to make the story even worse. That's what I'm saying. I, I, I'm not sure that it's even a direct tie-in. I think it's more of a, we're going to feature Jack before we spin off into Torchwood. Yeah. Not necessarily that any of this would relate, but that, here, hey, here's Jack again. Remember this guy, even though we've just got him in the Ninth Doctor uh miniseries yeah. recently but here's 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 jack again we're going to utilize him to his fullest to me it felt like self-promotion which i was actually i was quite fine with it i i loved this two-story arc i loved i love the fact that it picks up after last week and in fact this these two stories made you know last week i was poo-pooing a lot of the the story arc we did and i was upset that we oh, didn't right, get us two sorry yeah we didn't get a lot of development in this one you know, last week I didn't get a development yeah. enough of that team that came in, the mercenaries that came in. I really felt that this kind of paid that didn't pay it off a hundred percent, but I felt like this kind of went uh, above and beyond to kind of do a little more with them because I was afraid they would get just kind of dropped out of everything and never uh, uh, dealt with again. Oh, but we go no. right into that. Yeah, no, don't get me wrong. I, I I I see where you're coming from. I agree that we at least did something with them instead of just having them show up and then disappear. Yeah, yeah. They they are here and they are, for better or for worse, kind of an integral part of the story, especially when half of them become evil. <laughs> <laughs> And are being led by Gabby <laughs> to stop the, 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 the stuff from going down. Um, but it still felt shoehorned is really the only way I, can, I, I think I can describe it. That we, you could have done this story and added a couple of issues to it and fleshed everybody out and given them a reason to be there. And it would have been really good. I think it would have really justified the first half I, of I think it. they're... In, in these two, I think the memory loss would have gotten old after the first issue. I'm I agree. glad they resolved that. I, I and I think that and once they get their memory, then it's why aren't they taking care of the issue? Well, but that's, why, that's, why did we need to lose the memory in the first place? That's, well, what, that's a good that's, point, too. That's what I really liked about this, though, is I felt that this was an experiment by Ebonite. This was, a, this was entertainment for him. This was testing of them, of their skills, of their different adaptations, of how they are, how they interact as a group. And I think that's what I like most about this is the fact that they go into it without memory. They have no idea. They're learning from each other based on their strengths and their weaknesses, not based on preconceived knowledge of because they know them. That's and true. so what it does is it drills down to their core basics. And, and luckily, each one of them sort of retains their character of who they are. Jack retains all of the things about him that he is. Cindy retains all the things about her that she is. And the, the group does as well. Um, especially coming across then the doctor who's in meditation with the others. And I, it was a bit odd that there was suddenly this attack. But I kind of think that was rectified as well by him saying it was a... It was a, it was a uh, 
direction that was implanted in them to do that. And when they speak the names, they kind of break out of it yeah. and they start to retain those memories. I thought it worked really good. In fact, I thought it worked great. Now, like I said, I think it retroactively fixed issues that I had with the first five issues. Well, the last two at the very least. Um, but everything that they've been doing to set up seemed to kind of culminate here at a, at a, at a mid-season uh, climax, which I think is similar to what they did with uh, A Good Man Goes to War the year that they broke yeah, up the, the series. I This felt the same way as we were doing a mid-season climax, and I think that a lot of this is also going to be revisited again at the end of the season. I hope a lot of this, is, it gives me an impression it will be. But I think <laughs> well, that because this, we still haven't dealt I, with I the think, bigger issue. I think then later on, retroactively, this will get even better for me. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed this two-story arc. I thought it was a great... Uh, way to do nothing. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> that sounds bad, but it was a great way to not have a lot going on because there is a lot going on, but you don't have to think about the complexities of the plot. It's very simple, and it brings everybody together in such a way that I think that it really explores their characters, their, at least their inner core of their characters, in a really good way. I also don't feel that Jack was shoehorned in here. My impression of this was Jack was sort of there for a purpose but i don't think we know what that purpose is yet and, and i that's that the way that later. see and that's the impression i'm getting that's and maybe true. i'm giving them more credit because i came from the last five issues going i don't feel like this really did anything to set anything up and they proved to me that they did do something to set things up the, the, the last three episodes of that first uh, five episode arc led right into this oh, yeah. we had that center story that i felt like was just nothing and then the two stories where I felt like we were kind of thrown into the action, here is the reason why all of that setup was necessary. And I, think I really like that they also brought Munmuth and Muthmana, the two Neanderthals, into it too. That we just didn't leave them behind. I'll be. I'll, I'll have to admit when Munmuthna came in, I went. How come it looks like a girl now? Because I was confusing oh. the two characters. I did too. And it wasn't until we got if... we got a little ways into it that I went, Oh wait, this is the daughter. <laughs> I did too. The artwork's terrible that. on this. Who did that? Oh wait, that's because oh. that's not the same character. <laughs> uh I think uh while I felt that Ebonite was just bizarrely used, I liked the Ebonite character from the uh first story that we got him in. Well, I thought he was kind of bizarrely used. I thought he was used fully effectively in this story, and it, it worked. I think the only thing that I come down on is the resolution of this story, unfortunately. It's kind of with a similar resolution to the last time. Ebonite sort of falling apart into little tiny separate versions of himself and then them just kind of stamping on him. I thought and that was a little... they're not getting all of them, so he's going to come back. Exactly. I thought that was kind of random and, and, and bizarre, but he didn't hate it. it well, was just, they had kind of set up the idea that it's multiple beans in one in that first issue with with Ebonite. So and I think the fact that they didn't fully defeat him is because they're he's coming back later. Do you think Ebonite perhaps planted the virus in the uh that he's gonna be our character to plant the virus in the music? I would think from so. The first two stories. I, I like how all of that tied back in together too. Yeah. Even from the first year tied back into resolving uh what happened to Gabby. We've called that back that was the other interesting thing about this is, and I think that what I also liked about this, and I was afraid they would drop it and they don't, is what happens to Gabby, how she's been kind of changed in this yeah. process. And it really kind of lends to that. We were talking about last week how we're going to all these different artistic places. We're going to all these artistic stories. We're 
There's none of that in this five up, this no. five issue arc, mm-hmm. and we have actually evolved Gabby as a character as well. And I think this does a nice job of setting that out so as well. There, there was a reference, and I, it flashed as a kind of a okay, that wasn't this year, that was last year. But so something happened last year that changed her too, right? Like physically, am I, am the, I uh, get the, that wrong? Yeah, no the um, the episode with the living art. Yeah, way back then. Way that back in, in in season one, apparently, because Gabby spent some time tutoring, which is tu- tu- which was alluded tutored. to in the Cindy, the yeah. Doctor Light 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 yeah, <laughs> story yeah. that we got. Um, that apparently We're reminded of that. Whatever she learned wasn't just mental. It was there was some biological yeah, it was change, biological to her. and metaphysical. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yep. She can apparently create. Energy butterflies, and I like that that continues. I now thought too. that was cool. In, yeah. Well, into the next issue. That's what I was afraid of: is that they would drop that by the time we got to issue. I guess we've kind of we did we, kind we of skip it. both of those, but yeah, uh, yeah, we do. Well, the, the first issue of that story, we 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 do skip over that, but uh, it, it, this the storyline was enjoyable. It just felt kind of like mm, some some things felt more forced to me than it did for Glenn. I just I don't know. I I feel like for the setup that we were given. Then everybody was kind of like, well, I don't know where we're going with this, with the cavemen and the... I wanted a little bit more out of it. I agree with you. It's a fine story for what it is. I just kind of thought we were... And I I agree with you. I think we will get better appreciation for it once we finish the year two. That's true. I'm I'm fully ready to admit that, again, kind of like with what where we were last week, this week has added a layer to that that maybe... Because I haven't got to it yet, but I have complete change of heart considering something i didn't like last week so i i admit i think maybe my appreciation for these stories these particular two that we're talking about now were elevated by the fact that i was let down from the first story arc. <laughs> because like i say retroactively yeah, now it, that i makes me appreciate the setup that they were doing to come to this point well let's move on to issues eight and nine right yep yes um i forgot what the name of this one was the witch, the witch of the in, well. The witch of the well. Witch of the witch well. Of, witch in the well. The wishing well witch. Yeah, that one. <laughs> <laughs> Your synopsis of the story was correct there, John. It is, it is the witch in the well. The witch in the well. <laughs> um, the wishing well witch. You're correct. Okay. Um, so it's a two-parter. And uh, I was kind of like, okay, cool. I, I'm, knowing going into it that it's only going to be another two segments. All right. We're gonna go. And it's a completely different story from, from what we had before. And it doesn't really carry on. Okay, cool. Loved it. Really enjoyed it. At least mostly. Um, I really liked the first one. I, I, I thought the first half of it set up this kind of fun, Scooby-Doo styled and even the doctor goes, well, it's obviously not a witch, you know. Right, <laughs> right. I do love a mystery. Oh, we're here for a, sp- uh, a supernatural book fair. Yeah. <laughs> um, Paranormal literary festival. Yeah. It's like, supernatural okay. book fair, literary fair. Well, that, that's just what the banner said was <laughs> no, literary. No, you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. I'm just saying, again, he has synopsized <laughs> what it is. And you say we don't have synopses. Yeah. <laughs> We 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 do we do get another artist, which I think the art in this issue is beautiful. I really uh, well, like I was referring to the uh, the, the, the oh, crazy oh. homeless guy who no. uh, <laughs> Jacob was that his name? What was his name? Oh, where is it? Randall. Josh. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no it was Jacob Randall. Randall kind no, of. No, it was it was, it, it, it was, it was Randall. Randall. It's Randall. Um, 
so we, we've got another artist who's, you know, yeah, he's sketching the seven different faces of the witch. And I was like, okay, cool, we're going through the thing. And then we get to the uh, the second half of the story, and the witch gets out and wreaks all kinds of havoc. And I was like, oh, okay, this is cool, this is pretty good. And then you get to the ending, and it's like, whoa, what an amazing turn of the key that I didn't see coming with that. Oh, yeah, what, what the, the, what witch, the is. witch is. That was really impressive. And that how she got there. Yeah. That she's actually, we, we can say it, we're reviewing these, right? Yeah, yeah. She's actually um, children from, from Gallifrey. Gallifrey. Well, we learned that in the second episode. Right. Yeah, yeah. Or second issue. That's what I said. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I got to the resolution. I fell behind. He, he jumped ahead. I jumped ahead. <laughs> okay. The, 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 these children were not only from Gallifrey, not only Time Lords, which is why they have seven different faces, because it's all, they've kind of been merged together into one entity, but that they were chucked into the untempered schism, that it was deliberate. Somebody threw them in there. Yeah. And it's like, <gasps> whoa. So now I'm really super intrigued with where this is going to go. And it doesn't. It just going to end. So I'm like, okay, you've got to be setting me up for something else now. I really hope so. I really, really hope really that's where that's going to go. It certainly does. And in fact, I think I like that the the way that the doctor goes off and he's kind, he's distracted in the next story because of the events, what's going on here. At the very end of this, he's very solemn and quiet. He doesn't say anything. Even when Cindy and, and uh, uh, Gabby are excited that, hey, we we solved the mystery. We fixed everything here. Everybody's okay. Yeah. And they get into the TARDIS and they're like, doctor, you're okay. And he's really solemn and doesn't say anything to them and i like the fact that he's perky this is percolating he's thinking who, who who would have possibly done this because to me that clearly sets up the fact that we're going to address this later yeah and agree. so now to me that feels like we're setting up a lot of things to come to fruition by the end of this and uh that that bothers me a little bit but that, that we're going to have too much things going on leading into the climax of the se- season or the, the the year um but I like considering there's only what six after this one. Yeah. So, <laughs> Five but or six, yeah. but I like the fact that that we have gone there and clearly said this is something that we aren't just going to. This isn't a loose thread. We're just going to leave there. So well, uh, again, I loved this story arc. Even the, the, I think the thing that I uh, that bothered me the most about this was the blatant use of the well, these people come out of this with OCD. And I suppose you could have picked a worse condition for somebody to have to relegate it to a symptom of being taken by this witch. I mean, it could could have been worse. But to me, that seemed a little crass to say they suddenly have, we've suddenly diagnosed them with OCD. It could have been some sort of mystery mental condition that didn't have to be named. But they just continue to say, oh, they've got OCD. And everybody recognizes it. Oh, yeah, he ended up with OCD. OCD. And they they throw OCD around like this phrase. The great thing is the one mom is, but you can't catch OCD. Yeah, well, exactly. That works, but I think, and and that's, I think, what what grounds it, perhaps. But it just, I felt it it was overused as a, yeah, it it felt overused as a a device to me, and I didn't didn't appreciate that. Because there are people out there that are misdiagnosed with OCD, and there are people that genuinely have OCD. And I think that they played a little fast and loose with something that is a serious condition among people that is real. This could have benefited from, instead of maybe a trip to somebody's house, you, you can't do it with this particular story, but maybe if there had been a case that was a little more severe or something, a trip to the hospital. The scene in uh, the doctor, uh, Empty Child Doctor Dances where he goes to the hospital and he talks to the the, the the medical doctor who's 
showing him all of these people in the ward who have these weird afflictions and things like that. If, if they could have done something like if that. If they'd had yeah. something it would like work that, yes. and the doctor said, the closest we can describe these symptoms is OCD. Yes, and then that's and the, doctor the only says, mention of it. you can't catch OCD. I know. Yes, exactly. Okay, then, then exactly. that would have worked great. Yeah. But as it was, yeah, they kind of played fast and loose with it, and the mom's comment that you can't catch it felt lost in the shuffle. Exactly, and it, and it, it works to identify... That there's there's and it's a, not actually OCD. It, well, or that it's a situation brought on by something else that OCD yeah. doesn't necessarily. Because I don't think at any point in time any of us thought, oh yeah, they got OCD out of that. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. These I mean, people just, are it, yeah, so. missing part of their brain is what's going on. <laughs> but that being said, that was the only problem that I had with it. Again, I felt like that now, yeah, I I kind of felt like the the story didn't. It, it was fascinating where it went, how the, the witch is tethered to this one spot because of the time anomaly. The reason the time anomaly there is because of the children within the, the were cast into the... And the way to do schism. perfect Doctor Who with giving us something supernatural on the surface that winds up having a very scientific yeah. rationale oh, yeah. I love to when it. They yeah. do that. I love when they do That's that. That's my favorite thing. And and the, the not only the concern of who would do this, but Gallifrey, and he makes mention, Gallifrey's time-locked. So this would have had to have happened long ago yeah and how did this happen and who did this yeah i loved that i also like the fact that we build off of the last story arc with gabby and her exploring her abilities now that is really cool that that excites me even more about more comics on the line i would agree and in in fact that's what when, when she did that i thought oh good you didn't just drop that Yes. Because they could have so simply said, well, this was merely an ability that was manifested within her while they were in the arena. But it's not. It's more than that. And I love that they, they've carried that through. Do we want to talk about the, the, the different art style? We can chat about it a bit. Um, I wasn't as impressed with this issue's art. The, the second issue I didn't like nearly as much as the first. The first one really knocked it out of the park yeah, for me. Eight, art eight was styling. phenomenal. Nine to me was just kind of, eh, it's there. It wasn't until it was brought to my attention as something that bothered Sean about it. Yeah. I feel throughout issue nine that our, our particularly our two female lead characters, uh, Cindy and Gabby, are overly sexualized in this. I feel that there, was, there was a lot of uh, choices that were made with how they were portrayed in specific panels that didn't really seem to be necessary for anything other than it, it it seems out of place and out of character for a Doctor Who comic. Yeah. It, I probably, it, for any other comic, it wouldn't have been yeah, fine. It, well, well, maybe not fine. But not it, it any other that, comic. But, but, for any other but comic, it wouldn't necessarily have been unexpected. Within, yeah, exactly. Um, we should put out there that it is our belief or understanding that this is a female art. So this isn't a male putting sexual over-sexualized images within a comic book of women. So I want to put that out there and make that clear. It is our understanding that this is a female artist, so not to put any sort of gray area out there as to what you know somebody may be intentionally doing. I just felt surprised by it, and it, it's something that if, if I notice it, it's kind of like I, I always fall back on the Mary Whitehouse explanation. If I notice it, then maybe there's a thing there. Because I'm kind of like, yeah, everything's okay, nothing bothers me, you're all being too overly PC about stuff. But if I notice something, eh, maybe maybe there's some smoke there. Keith and I didn't get that out of the We didn't didn't see that. We didn't notice it. I noticed the art change. Yeah, I noticed the art change as well. There was one panel that I thought looked a bit like a skirt was a little too high, is what it looked like to me. 
but I didn't dwell on it and it didn't certainly catch it anywhere else but that one moment. So it was obvious when Sean pointed it out to me, but it was it wasn't. <laughs> but is it obvious that, that I point after I pointed it out to you, was it obvious because it's there, or was it obvious because I planted the seed of you thinking that it well, was going to be there possibly. and now all of a sudden you saw it? And I think we're just really kind of placing it out there. I don't think we're gonna go delve into judge being no, judgmental no, 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 no. about it, but we did we did have some concern over it. I it, it, it it surprised me from multiple standpoints, one being that this is a Doctor Who comic, one being that these are not who these characters have been represented as so far. Yeah, and, and honestly, I have more issue with the fact that they don't, throughout the entire line of this issue, they don't look like the, like the characters are supposed to be. It do, never looks like David Tennant to me. It looks like somebody else in David Tennant's clothes. Yeah, in this issue in particular. In this issue. The, the rest the of the other issues been, are it looks good. This uh, issue doesn't. Uh, I agree, and I I think I've always come down on the side of I try not to be too judgmental about a artist's characterization. That the art either has to be good or isn't. As far as representation of the character, I think that I familiarize with what you're saying. That it doesn't quite look like David Tennant. It's not right. Then again, I think that's a that's part of artwork. It's, that's yeah, part is. of an artistic choice. So. I can't I, come down on him too much, maybe but I did notice that. Maybe as well. that's why I didn't notice the sexuality in the art because you were I was distracted noticed, by I was distracted by, by something that like bothers the characters you. Are supposed to right, be. right. I can see that. Going back through this and looking at David Tennant's face, it's like no, it's not David Tennant. Even, face. even <laughs> the the what's his name, the old guy. Yeah, he looked, Randall. Uh, Randall, looks Randall looks remarkably different. different. Yeah. Same clothes, but that's about it. And even then, the clothes aren't consistent in this either. So yeah. <laughs> Just throwing that out. Do there. you remember off the top of your head who the artist for eight for the eighth issue was? For the eighth issue, no, but I can go back and look. Uh, I have it right here. Eleanor something. Was it Elena? Eleanora. Eleonora. Okay. Carlini. Okay. Because when we get to issue ten, I notice that the characters look very much. Well, David Tennant looks very much like David Tennant by this time. Again. I think this was probably my favorite. And this of is the this issues. is actually a different artist. Uh, Elena Casagrande. Yeah, is this one. What so, a great name, Casagrande. Now, that being said, you said this is one of your I, favorites? I, I think I really, I really like this issue. I think the problem that I did too, I enjoyed this story. I enjoyed where they were going with the story. The problem that I have with this issue is I feel like I need the, the next story, which we, we, <laughs> we, have, we have stopped you, in the middle of a cliffhanger yeah, to me. It, it and, does set up something. And I, I think it, it feels well enough to stand alone, but it's setting up so much that I kind of came at it as, I, I'm not sure I can judge this issue yet. I'm not sure I can judge this story without the, the fruition. And, and what I really Full liked fruition. about this story is the bubbles and uh, Cindy off on her own mm -hmm. in this little weird bubble, not really TARDIS mm -hmm. corridor and her danger of, oh, yeah, it's not just the witch. It's cannot, Danger can also happen inside the TARDIS, too. Yeah. And that uh, exploration for a new companion is always enjoyable to me. Yes. That's that's what I liked about the story the most is the Cindy storyline, and it's a, it's a wonderful device to bring a new companion on board and give us a TARDIS story because yeah. we as the listen earliest listeners we as the readers can learn something new about the TARDIS while introducing that element to a new companion. It's kind of like that Eleventh Doctor issue from last year that I at least I really liked where we were in the four different time zones in the mm -hmm. yeah. in the TARDIS yeah. of. It's, it has that kind of feel to it. It and is similar to that. It yeah. also does a nice job of kind of cementing Cindy's place because we've we've kind of been up and down with her. I mean, yeah. her her initial 
story with this group, she didn't necessarily equate herself terribly well, but the doctor still invited her along, and then she turns him down. Yeah. So yeah. automatically, in my book, you have a black mark against you because you said <laughs> no. Okay, so then she comes back. Okay, cool. All right, we're going along, and she's fine in the in the conclusion of the two parter with the, the the people. She you know does well there. There are moments in the witch story that she doesn't. She she's really. I mean, and she she, she berates a, she herself. She becomes for it, a but, victim in that as well, though. Well, but yeah. when she's kind of mean to Cindy right, and, right. and or uh, to Gabby uh, about stuff, and and you know she she berates herself for it. But it's yeah. like, yeah, you were kind of mean there, right, and right. then she becomes the victim and is one of the people that has had part of her mind stolen. So she's relatively ineffectual and, and for the end of it. Dealing with some of the after effects in this too. Right. Yes. But this Which one, I'm glad they carried over. Yeah. This. Again, that it wasn't just a quick end. But this one kind of allows her to be on her own in in, in some regard and yet still tethered to the doctor and the universe and you know, this is the kind of companion that she's going to be and it's like, okay, I get a better sense now of where your potential lies, and I hope that we go there with it. Yeah. yeah. For her as a character. I would agree. They're really doing a good job of continuing to um, not only expand Gabby's character, but to give us a lot more uh, about Cindy's character as well, developing mm-hmm. her character yeah. as well. Um, I also like when they're, they cleverly bring in, wait, Doctor, you told me that the TARDIS was not only invulnerable, but impermeable, practically impermeable. And bringing in a device in which you can step around and say, this is a different situation. Yeah. We have pocket dimensions within here. And that's something that can't be kept out because the TARDIS is, is basically holding these pieces together. And I liked that because it was, it was a step away from, aha, it's not quite invulnerable because there is a vulnerability and here it is. Yeah, I can say psychic projection, mental force of that power. And then all of a sudden, everything starts to come together. <laughs> and I thought to myself, this, this is the way to do this it. This is where Anubis should have been brought back. Yep. This is the spot. We didn't need him did at all. We not need the reminder of the, rest the of it. Yep. the series. This would have been, yes. And the other thing I had, I was thinking about this upon reflection after we had recorded last week, because I started stewing about Anubis being there <laughs> early, because... If you guys will remember, I didn't have as much problem with it until you guys talked about it, and then it convinced me that, yeah, that was way too soon. And I stewed about it, and I stewed about it, and I thought, it's not like we went on a two-month break or a three-month break. The issues still come out monthly. It's true. And Mm -hmm. so we would have gotten the issue last month. So it's not like going from year one and year two and having you know a six-month break or a three-month break in there. We just saw the conclusion of year one, the, if we were reading these month to month. We just saw the conclusion of that a month ago. Well, <laughs> no, it would have been longer than that. Well, it was a little bit longer now because they did the, 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 doctor, the, uh, the four Doctor event crossover. And then they, t- they took a break for that. Oh, they did take a break. And then they came back. Uh, so, and, I mean, and even still... Uh, but they came it, back it and was, they concluded the series. It would have only though. been... No, I think they concluded... The Four Doctor event was in the middle. No, no, it was well in between seasons. It was in between. It was. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, then, no, it was, it was well, in the then I'm going to have to go back. I'm going to have to go back and but even still, forgive them for it because this is, this is coming if out you monthly. Took, if you took three months off to do that special event, four months off to take that do that special event. I don't well, think that it was, was bi monthly. It was two months. I think we were it was two, two months in between. Two months. Yeah. yeah. So, or, uh, yeah, bi monthly. So. Okay, but still, they took they took two I, months I, I off. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna flip flop on this again and and say I'm not as problematic about that then that they reminded us now well and, and agreed in the now looking at this they didn't month, have to but i mean if you think about it 
this is ten months into this line. If we're, if we're getting one this, issue of the this issue doctor, is yeah, yeah. but I'm, we're talking about the one that was early the, the on third yeah. issue. Well, I think I think what Keith's trying to say is that, that was if still you, if, at least if, five months from when we finished, if, if not they, more, since we finished. I guess year it, was one. At, it was at the end of the two issues that started this series this month was, or this year is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If they hadn't done it early, if so this was, still, was there the was first still a three month break. If so. this was the first appearance of Anubis, this is issue ten. That's ten months, plus the two months for the five doctors. It's been a year since we would have seen mm, so, Anubis. Okay, yeah. so then, I can understand. You know what? To that I am point. back. I am back to the. I don't. Then I. I'm. I'm back to the. It doesn't bother me so much. See, I can. I can understand the editor's that, fear. And that putting it context. in that context, I can understand the editor's. The fear other hand is we though that. we are doing this nearly a full ten months from the last issues that came out. Not so much that long. Well, nearly six months since we reviewed yeah. tenth, tenth Doctor stuff. And we remembered it, so I, I just feel like the reveal would have had more in impact. In dialogue throughout this, the run, so the, the reveal would have had more impact here at this point. We would have gone, oh yeah, I almost forgot about that. Right. To you me, know? to me, agreed that was enough just to have reference in, in dialogue, and then and then come back and say, oh, remember this? Yeah, this is the perfect timing for that. Because I think honestly, it would have been issue one and two, and maybe there was that little scratching in my head going, well, what happened to the Anubis story arc? And then I'd have forgotten about it. <laughs> yeah. And then it would have all come back up. I was like, oh. Right. And it would have, it would have literally <laughs> yeah. reared its ugly head. Well, it would have been, it would have been more impactful, I think, too. Yeah. yeah. Than giving us that. I, I, think, I think the surprise is worth it. Um, dealing with the end of this, not just the, the, the Anubis reveal, but the fact that we get... Um, Dorothy Bell. Dorothy Bell back. And I, I like the fact that she's kind of adopted herself fully into the <laughs> Egyptian stylings yeah. and things. Yeah. Uh, I like the fact that she and Anubis have this relationship. Relationship's a good way to put it. It's a little strange, but it's there and it works for them. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, I like that you know, they've hit this level of, I don't know what it is, friendship or, or, or camaraderie. Um, and the, 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 the glowing green statue eyes at the end is like, oh. <laughs> it, it, other than what he asked the doctor to do, it kind of made me wonder what why we were keep bringing this up, and now I'm kind of seeing where they're going with it because of those green eyes. Yeah. Welcome back, Sutik. I think it ended well. Um, again, it feels like there's, now it seems like there's a lot of setup into the end of the year, and I'm partially excited about that, and I'm partially fearful that we've got, <laughs> we've now given a We've got five far too much. left of the year two. We've got far too much that we have to deal with now, but we'll see how they handle it. Um, Retroactively, they fixed the first five issues for me. I'd be With okay if they issues, wound up so. pushing off the Untippered Schism Gallifrey storyline resolution to next year. Mm. Yeah, perhaps. And that, that's that's a tactic they could adopt. Or, or even if even if they flipped it and we got that resolution, we, if we got the Untempered Schism stuff? falling out over the next five issues, and the kind of resolution of that led into the cliffhanger event that was going to become. Sutek is back, and that's all we deal with in season three. That'd be that's good certain, too. I'd be good with that too. Because yeah. if you're if you're going to bring Sutek back, if you're going to bring Sutek back, don't rush it. Don't don't ruin it. Let it be its thing. Because Sutek is a well, bad guy. Here's the yeah. thing, though. Then that <laughs> would if, up here. If they were to do that, that would also retroactively fix the fact that they brought Anubis in at the end of those first two stories. 
Because if you're really going to push all of that event off until Season 2, you almost need to pace it, and you almost need to put Sutek here, Sutek here, and then... Uh, or Anubis and Anubis, yeah. I'm sorry, Anubis, Anubis here, Anubis, Anubis here, and end it with Anubis That's true. Sutek. That's true. So it might I, work I could be if eating they my go words that by the time yeah. this is all said and done. So... Anything else about this story arc that we need to talk about before we close it out? I don't think so. I'm enjoying the work Titan's putting in. I hope they keep it up. I yeah. agree. All right. Well, uh, be sure to uh, visit our webpage. On that webpage, you can find a link to Patreon. And uh, on Patreon, you can click on that button and support us. And uh, uh, any amount that you want to donate to us is, is helpful. If you can't, we understand. If you can, it's uh, greatly appreciated. And you can also click on any of those uh, side links there. Uh, portions of the proceeds of things that you buy from the uh, links on our website also go into this podcast. Sean, what we got coming up on the schedule? Uh, coming up on the schedule this week for Friday Night Who, we've got The Long Game with Christopher Eccleson. So back to the, uh, the new Whoverse. Uh, if you are in the area, you can see us at Slash and Bashed because uh, Horror and Sci-Fi Film Festival. Um, they were supposed to get me a copy of the schedule of what was actually going to be shown at this year's fest. Haven't received it as of yet, so um, hopefully it'll show up on our website uh, shortly. But please come out and see us if you're in the area. Uh, if you are in Wichita next week, you can see us at Time Eddie. Please come out to Time Eddie. Please. For in two weeks. Two weeks. Well, the following week is what I meant to say, yes. In two weeks. Uh, please come out to Time Eddie. Uh, Wichita's, uh, Kansas's own Doctor Who convention, uh, Time Eddie 2, their second year. Peter Davidson. Um, Annika, Annika Wills. Wills Caitlin Blackwood. Boris uh, Hussein. Yes, that was the one I was trying to think of. I could not cannot latch on to Warwick for some reason. <laughs> uh, so uh, some some big guests there from the, uh, the the world of Doctor Who and us. You're going to get to see us a lot. So coming out, it's also an opportunity for you to come and try out the Traveling the Vortex quiz show. The great Traveling the Vortex <laughs> quiz show. Uh, and for um, in celebration of the fact that we're going to see Peter Davidson, we're doing the Five Doctors that week, you know, so uh, for Friday Night Who. Um, and then well, a little surprise for you. We're, I'm going to let this slip, even though it's early for the schedule. The following week, this will be October 21st for Friday Night Who. We're going to do The Caretaker with Peter Capaldi in preparation of a companion archive that we're going to do on the show that week. We're going to have some fun reviews, but not necessarily what you were thinking. It's not a, well, it is a true companion, but it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> it doesn't accompany you on any adventures. You go to it. We're going to talk about Coal Hill School, and uh, we're going to review the premiere of class the new doctor who spinoff which will be uh, debuting uh, that week and then we've also got uh, a comic the monsters of coal hill school and this appeared in the doctor 20- who annual 2014 last year's 2014 or 2015? 2014 came 20- out last year came out last year so it's a 2014 annual from 2015 that's confusing <laughs> uh and then a short story nothing at the end of the lane which also featured uh, oh sorry i had that backwards came out in 2014 it's the annual 2015 Right, they that always, makes more always, sense. Yeah, they always come out before, <laughs> not after. Yeah, Like a new car. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so uh, we'll talk about Cole Hill School that week, and then more things will pop up on the schedule as we get them finalized. So enjoy and look forward to that. All right, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.